this morning I was looking at a portion of scripture from the book of Genesis. Genesis is, is a book of beginnings. And every principle of scripture finds its origin in what we call the book of Genesis. And I've titled my message, When We Lose Our Way, God Shows Up. And, and, and if we are truly honest with ourselves, life is a journey. So is the Christian life. It's a journey of ups and downs. And, and sometimes in that journey, we lose sight of our purpose and we walk sideways. I don't know about you, but that's happened to me from time to time. And it's only the grace of God, the unmerited favor of what Jesus did on the cross, that not only can secure my salvation, but bring me back to God's purpose. Okay, so we are not like people without hope. That's what Christianity is. Christianity is not a religion, as is often confused to be. It's a relationship with the person of Jesus who died on the cross for my salvation. And from time to time, when we all lose our way, God shows us a way back. Because it's grace. And grace is not evident in many other philosophies. Because there's a cause and effect principle. And in, in the Christian life, uh, Jesus, by his death on the cross, completed the work of salvation for us. And so, Genesis chapter 12, we have the story of God calling Abraham. God is sovereign in the universe. Understanding God's sovereignty is complex from the human mind. Because the human mind is very limited in its understanding. Although some of us might think, you know, we got the tree of knowledge dwelling between our two ears. That's not true. Uh, the Bible says we grow from glory to glory. Now, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you will be cursed, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Wow. Now, now Abraham is 75, and, and, and he is not thinking of life in an aged care home at that point in time. You see, I, I, I'm beyond 75 now. And, and I certainly toy with the idea. But, but, but Abraham is, is full of life. He, he is just living with, with his entire family. He's, he's in a position, place of blessing and favor already. If you do any study historically about what the earth of the Chaldees was, it was a very successful environment. So he is not going from best to better. The Lord is telling him to leave everything behind and go forward. Wow. At 75, that's pretty hard. Some of us can identify with that. 
you know, we are at a point in life now, we got to do stretching exercises just to keep our body going. Right, I, 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 I got somebody from this church to send me a set of stretching exercises, right? And then I, I put it on my Facebook post and I know some Christian pastors will be praying for my salvation because they put everything only spiritual on their Facebook pages, not me. I made in a different mold. Okay, and, and I, I, I said, if you're over 75, don't try this. Because the, when you're 75 and you try to do push-ups, you do the first one and you fall flat on your face. And you can't get up and you say, tell your wife, honey, can you help me get up? And, and when you, she tries to pull you, she goes down with you. So you have two problems. Wow, aren't you glad you showed up at church this morning? Right? Church is not meant to be boring. One thing in this place, I can assure you of that. So, but, but, but Abraham makes a life choice. And the shortest distance between two points, A to B, is a straight line. But when you read this story and you look at it historically, it took a fair time for Abraham to get to where God wanted him to get to. Life is a journey of events and experiences. Some good, some not so good, and some bad. That's the nature of life. And when you chart his journey from the earth and where he ends up in the Negev, which is the southern part of Israel, just the tip of the iceberg there, you find that he, he went through deserts, he went through dry places, he had stops and he had starts, but he's, he kept his eye on his destiny. Because God had revealed destiny to him through the word. That is why I encourage people who are Christian to read your Bible because today we have an instruction book that Abraham didn't have because the Bible wasn't written yet at that time. It's the best instruction book if you are trying to find purpose and meaning in life. So Abraham goes as God had instructed him. And the journey wasn't easy. Because somehow or other, I, I read an article which was really encouraging, God writes straight with crooked lines. Have you ever wondered if you are really living in God's will and doing what he wants you to do? Because sometimes things don't line up the way we always want them to. I remember in 1989, there was a word of God spoken over my life that I would go to some of the nations in the world and, and, and uh, I was in a Bible college. And so in, in about a week's time, I went and got the best suitcase I could get and, and I labeled it and I got ready to go. And for 15 years, nothing happened. Because when God gave me the word, he didn't give me the timing. And sometimes we live in an age where if you are in, in a McDonald's uh, takeaway, you know, at the counter, you get frustrated with the guy in front of you because he's just bought a coffee, his coffee hasn't come, and he just keep sitting in his engine there, and you want to get through. That's the age we live in. That's reality. 
right? You get stuck at a traffic light, and then you know you are frustrated. I know it doesn't happen to you only to me. But 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 God is not in so so big a hurry to work in our lives as we want Him to, because along the journey there are some life experiences that we have to face up to, to contend with and walk past. It is only then that we go to the finish line. Only then. Sometimes it is very difficult to see the will of God when you're walking through it. Life seems to be crooked, erratic, and even out of control. We don't always see the hand of God, feel His presence, or hear His voice. But there is a lesson in that. So Abraham goes down as God instructed him. Verse 4 says, he went away as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 when he departed. And Abraham took his wife Sarah with him. Now you would expect him to do that. But, but it's here in the Bible. So, And all their possessions with there they accumulated. And the people there they acquired and they set out for the land of Canaan. That is That was the destiny. The land of Canaan is today present-day Israel. And the ultimate fulfillment of this promise only happened in 1948 when Israel became a nation. So when you hear a lot of preaching on blessing, I, I, I know it's, it's exciting. Wow, you know, I, I, we all want to be blessed. But, but the understanding of blessing from God's perspective is sometimes a little different from ours. Sometimes in the Western world, we have a lot of emphasis on blessing for blessing's sake. And when blessing doesn't happen in the way we expect it to or the way some preacher A, B, C or D talks about, we get very frustrated with God. And some people walk in the opposite direction of their divine destiny. I read an article by a famous theologian who says, students spend 10 years in a Bible college in totality, and then for the next 10, God will unlearn some of what they learned so they can, they can learn what real life is about in the marketplace. Be because... When you go in there, you you get this impression that I am ready to take on the world now. And nothing happens. Because you have to come to the end of you. Then you can come to the beginning of God. Some of us who are older, wiser, and grayer in our life experience has discovered that. When you leave a Bible college, you think the world is ready for you. I, I, I knew a guy who 15 years, 20 years ago told me he, 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 he left our church because he, he said, I have a call to the nations. He hasn't gone to even Tasmania as yet. Bless his soul. I can tell you what he's doing now, but I can't for obvious reasons because I'm on public radar and he may just choose to watch me this morning what are you doing with your life if you're a christian 
What is your value system? Blessing, for blessing's sake. Some people, they have only one ambition, they are driven, they are driven by a desire to accumulate wealth. And then, it's blown away. Couple of years ago, six CEOs, banking CEOs, were responsible for an economic downturn in the universe. Six, only six. And there were people who committed suicide because they lost every asset they had because they placed their ladder against the wrong wall. God is not against blessing. Let's get that straight. God wants to bless us. In, in, in order to receive that blessing, we have to learn how to be obedient to him in every area of life. That is the condition. Every promise of God is conditional based on obedience. So Abraham departed. And verse 7 says, he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. Wow. He built an altar of worship because at that point in life, he had a revelation of who this unknown God is. The God we worship wants to reveal himself to every one of us in a personal and intimate way. And that God is worthy of my worship because I am saved by his grace and his grace alone. And God reveals himself in the darkest moments of life. I have known people who many thought were beyond the Christian salvation experience who came to know him. And, and, and we can't understand some of these things. But God doesn't expect us to understand because he doesn't show us the fine print. He's God. Many years ago in Cambodia, there was ethnic cleansing and, and over a million people died. And the number two or the number three of the Khmer Rouge, which was one of the most brutal ethnic groups of all time, there was a third man who they couldn't catch and he had changed his identity and he, he was hiding in a village somewhere in Cambodia in the jungles. But God sent a missionary to a small church in Cambodia that was located in that village. And this man was invited to that church service. And there, he came into a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. And he gave himself up to the authorities and spent his life in jail. He was bound on the outside, but he was free on the inside. That's what the Christian faith is. 
that no matter how far we have failed and how deep we have fallen, the man who was sinless and died on that cross has the power by grace to turn life around. That God is worthy of my worship. So Abraham then proceeded from there, verse 8, to the mountain east of Bethel, and he built an altar and called upon the name of the Lord. So in the journey up to this point, he is in relationship with his God. The importance of building altars cannot be overemphasized if you are a Christian. And if you are a husband, and if you are a father, that is a primary responsibility that God places on your shoulders. But often men who are Nambi, Pambi, Kasba, Milto place that on the shoulders of their wives. I'm serious. Because somehow other men don't know how to pray. They did a, they did a survey. And they found that in some places in the West, 85% of men, they were reluctant to pray publicly. They were reluctant to worship publicly. I, I, I don't know, there's something. Uh, when I look across this congregation and, and God, uh, worship is a hard thing and I, I know that and even I am conscious of that. But, but there's something that, that, that we must do intentionally. We must step out and begin to do what God expects us to do. Because the greatest model we can have in our family life for our children is us. Go, go, go to mom and, and, and do your night prayers. You know, so mom has to open the Bible and take the beads or whatever. When you and I as men face up to that responsibility of building altars, our children will follow our example. That's why we found in Abraham's life, his son built, his grandson built, they followed the pattern. You as a parent, you create the pattern of spiritual pathway for your children. And you are the greatest example. And it is never too late to learn. Never. When we look at Bible stories, we, we, we can draw some parallels between Abraham's life and us and, and then make some adjustments. So Abraham journeyed, verse 9, continuing towards Negev. Now when he went to the Negev, which is the southern part of Israel, the land of Canaan, there was a famine there. Wow. Famine. You can be in the place of God's choosing and still experience attention in your life. And then the first thing is to say, I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I should backtrack. The first thing when trouble ends in the journey of life, as it always will, because we are living in a human environment and subject to it, we will question whether we should stay or go. In 1983, we felt the Lord redirect our path away from Sri Lanka into Australia. 
and uh, through a various series of circumstances, God works supernaturally, absolutely supernatural. I've seen miracle after miracle. I've seen presidents of the country sign my documentation. That doesn't happen in everyday life. And then we are trying to go, but we can't go. But I still remember the last day of June, at 4 o'clock in the evening, when I walked into one of my director's office and I looked at the world map that was behind his chair, uh, I just felt in my spirit, God said, today your visa has come. I hadn't, I hadn't yet received the visa. And, and we did everything humanly possible to, to try to manipulate God to quicken this thing. But God is never in a hurry. And so we pray more, we fast more. In, in fact, one Saturday morning, we went down to church somewhere. It was September 83. And, and we thought, you know, maybe a good day of fasting and prayer will turn the arm of God around because I was immature in my faith, still am, still growing. Okay, and then I turned in my Bible to a verse in Isaiah, I think somewhere in chapter 28, which says, You shall not go by haste nor by flight, but God will go with you when you go. I closed my Bible. I said, no point hanging around here. Let's go home. On the way, we stopped at Top Form, bought two buryanis, uh, and, and went home and had a feed. Because this thing ain't working. This ain't working. God is God. Now I understand a bit more about God's sovereignty. So why fast anymore? It's not going to work. God gave me his mind. Son, this is settled by me, not by you. Because my senior pastor had been overseas and I was in charge of the church during his absence and I had to wait till the end of June till he finishes his graduation in the USA and then return to Sri Lanka. Only then God would release me and it happened on the 30th of June, the day he came back almost. So I know something about the sovereignty of God that many others in the Christian faith may not know about. I walk more in the sovereignty of God and seen God respond in his time. So I think I got a little more runs on the board than many of you do. Then we came here. Oh, wow, you know, God is opening doors. And, and I, I would go from church to church hoping somebody would give me an opportunity to preach. It became so bad. I said, I'll even take a Sunday school class. Because I'm anointed, you know, I got this word and wow, uh, the nations are waiting for me. <laughs> Hello, come on. I've learned the hard way. I've been in the school of, what's the school <laughs> you and I have been to? Hard knocks. That's the best school of learning. And so we are looking for jobs. We don't have money. We finished up our savings. And then a friend of mine, he rang me and, and he said, you know, I have a college in South Africa. And next week, next week, I will buy your tickets so you can come back to Sri Lanka. And the job was still there for me. Because when I worked in secular... I was an employee who sought excellence. The company didn't tell me, we are glad to see you go. 
will pay you to go. So we decided by Monday, if I don't get a job in September, we're going back. We can start life again. Job was there. Accommodation is there. We can work those things out. I was in the city in Collins Street one afternoon that week, Tuesday. Two o'clock in the afternoon in the bus stand. It was about 32 degrees. I was wearing a suit, brown suit. Shoes to match, do you want to impress? <laughs> People at the interview, and I had my briefcase. You, you know there are guys in Sri Lanka who walk around with a briefcase and you ask them what they're doing, they say they're doing business, empty suitcase. They're just walking around to impress you with the suitcase. Have you met people like that? I have. I'm a queer guy. I meet all the funnies. Okay, and, 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 and he, he, you know what happened? A white man, a white man, crossed the road. He came and sat next to me. And he said, God wants me to tell you it's under control. And he was gone. Now, I'm not like Colton Vikramaratna who sees angels. I don't know who it was, and I'll never know this side of eternity. But in the moment of famine, God brought a now word in season for me, and I had to learn to walk on that word. So on Thursday, my wife was praying in the morning, and she got a job. Uh, she she got a she got a a, a, a a scripture which says, "Man goeth to his work in the morning and returns in the evening." I don't know whether she was praying for that word because I was sitting and hanging around the house all day doing nothing. <laughs> you never know. Even that, I won't know this side of eternity, <laughs> right? But when I came home. I went for a job interview. At 3 o'clock, I got a call. And uh, they gave me the job. No, nothing. Now, with my CV, I should never have got that job. Because I was overqualified. To work on a factory floor, you don't need all those, all that criteria. That was my starting point. And the first day I walked in, to my job, they're giving me a broom. And uh, I, I worked as a general manager in a multinational company in Sri Lanka, and, and I never realized that in order for God to process some stuff in my life, I got to start with a broom. That's humiliating. It was for me. But there are lessons there. So when I came home, she, she told me she got the word. And on Friday, at 3 o'clock, a call came saying, tell your husband to start work Monday morning. We were in a place of famine to us, but not to God. So Abraham was in a place of famine. He was in a place of destiny, but the famine was designed to test the faith he said he had. 
Now, now try to understand, we, we, we got to give this guy some margin for error because he didn't have the Bible the way we have the Bible. He didn't have an understanding of how God works in time and space and purpose as we understand. So the next thing is, I'm going down to Egypt. Egypt, the Nile is there. It's a fertile place. Blessing was in Egypt, not in the Negev, God tests our faith and our ability to stay with his purpose even when things become challenging and painful. That's the test of faith. And if I hadn't got that job on Friday, it would have changed the entire direction of our lives. Not just for us, but for you, because you would have a church here. So the blessing of God is designed not just for us, but designed to go beyond us. There wouldn't have been a church here. I didn't take over somebody else's church. We started this. I resigned my job five years later and walked into nothing. Not knowing on Monday morning where my bread and oil would come from. But we were obedient. Because we had learned from the first experience. Six months later, I resigned from the job I was at in Gibson Chemicals, which was the largest multinational chemical company in Australia. 100 years old. If you Google, you'll find that out. They changed their name now. And, and, and you know something, in that place, they, they made me export development manager of a chemical company, right? And I didn't know that H2O is water. It can't get as stupid as that. And every morning when I had to put a whole uh, uh, list of items together, I, I had to be so careful and we had no Google search at the time, that if I put one chemical and another, the whole of Cheltenham could blow up. But I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't study science and physics and chemistry and all that intellectual stuff that some of you have. But I had the mind of God, and that was enough. And so when I resigned, my factory manager called me and he had my CV in his hand. And, and he looked at it and he said, if I had read this before I saw you, I would never have employed you because I know you won't stay here long. He said, the only reason I employed you is the manager whom was working in the front office was a Sri Lankan. And you are the only Sri Lankan who showed up for the interview. So I thought two Sri Lankans are better than one. It's God. It's God. God can do supernaturally, but all our intelligence and intellect and influence cannot do. You know, I'm on LinkedIn and, and constantly people want to uh, friend me because they want to sell me something. I'm not stupid. 
and I looked at at, at, at some of the LinkedIn profiles, and I asked myself, how did I get into this? I use it to share the gospel. I don't use LinkedIn to make connections to a better life because I am connected to the author and finisher of my faith, whose name is Jesus. And he can give me a better life. I'm anointed, am I not? As some of you know, humility is not a gift of mine. So Abraham, in Egypt, you're laughing, that's good. <laughs> Lost sight of the vision and his mind was survival. That's the paradox of the faith life. On the one hand, you got a promise from God. On the other hand, you have a tension. On the other hand, you will have a detour. On the other hand, you will have a famine. But stay committed to your life. And so Abraham goes down to Egypt. And, and, and then he tells his wife, you know, ju just tell the Egyptians, you're my sister. The Bible says, Sarah was pretty. Wow. That's a compliment. And so Abraham knows that the Egyptians would take her. The culture, they could take what they wanted. But in order to marry Sarah, the Egyptian would have to pay a dowry to get her because she was under her brother's custody. Say, your man, say I'm your brother. With a husband like that, you know, you would want to look around. But it's not the Egyptians men that wanted her. Pharaoh wanted her. And Pharaoh gets what he wants. <laughs> Abraham is in a vice. Some of you men are in a vice this morning. You're smiling and you're looking good. But you know what I'm talking about. You can fool me, but you can't fool yourself. I'm not talking about your wife holding you in a vice. That can also happen. Because when God has a destiny for your life, he will orchestrate circumstances just to bring you back to that destiny. You can't run away. I've tried. Doesn't work, so I surrender. I surrender. So... Now he sees the encourager. Verse 12, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will let you live. Please say that you are my sister, so that it may go well with me because of you, scoundrel. Have you got a girl like that for a husband? Give him. Send him to the Egyptians. And then... Verse 17, the Lord struck Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, not because of Abraham. Men, some of you men, sometimes I think the only reason God is gracious with you 
is because of your wife's prayers and faith for you. And all the ladies said, wow, wow. You're going to get your husband to show up here next Sunday. I like that church. For Abraham's sake, no. For Sarah's sake. God honors your faith in your marriage. Stay at it. God will honor that faith. <laughs> I can hear some laughter from this side. <laughs> God will honor your faith because it's uncomplicated. God struck Pharaoh's house for Sarah's sake. Then Pharaoh called Abraham and said, What is it that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me she was my wife? Why did you say she's my sister? So that I took her for myself as a wife. Now then, take your wife and go. And he blessed them also. You know, the takeaway from our past, the, the, the personal journey is this. Number one, what Abraham didn't understand is that God always doesn't always work in a straight line. I, I, I understand through experience. It will be God gives us a word and we will have a test of faith on that word. But we stay committed. We stay committed. In God's time, he did send me to 15, 16 nations of the world. Not in my time. Abraham allowed his circumstances to determine his direction. Circumstances are a poor system of evaluation. You know, I didn't get a job here. I didn't get the job I want. Let's go back. Why do you come? When you came, you had to make sure it's God who brought you. That's important. And if you know that God has brought you, you got to trust him in the intermittent seasons that are challenging. He's trying to build character into you. That's painful. I had to sweep the factory floor at the end of the day. I hated it. Because where I came from, I would get out from the car, Somebody would carry my bag into my office. Uh, a, a security guard would give me a salute in the morning and I couldn't care whether he did it on his left hand or right hand. And, uh, you know, God takes the arrogance out of us. And he's still at work. Because he makes us humble. It's a, it's a journey. It's a process. And the easier, quicker you submit to the process, the easier it becomes. Negative choices based on sight have corresponding outworking. But even though Abraham lost his way, spiritually speaking, in Egypt, no altars. In Egypt, no calling upon the name of the Lord. It's a blank. What has happened? He's living in fear, not in faith. 
until God deals with him. But even though he lost his way spiritually, God knew the condition of Abraham's heart and God shows up. The Bible says, whilst we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. So what might have been a detour from a human perspective, God intervenes and brings us back to our life purpose. Because his plan for your life is greater than you ever think it is at this point in That's wonderful. If I had gone to Sri Lanka, I would have been living a less than life, spiritually speaking. I wouldn't have entered into the fullness of all that God had purposed. Now, at 77, trust me, I'm living a full life. I can truly say my cup is running over. And I'm not talking materially. Material things don't matter to me. I, I don't place a high value on those things. Never did that. Because my salvation wasn't based on that. My salvation was based on the fact that I was a sinner saved by the grace of God. And God has put a calling on my life and I want to fulfill that calling until the day I die. That's the motivator. The motivator is your destiny. And when you walk in your destiny, there is fullness. You don't need the material things to hang on to. Well, that, that, you can't hold on much to them anyway. Some people say, you know, Pastor, I'm saving for a rainy day. It's going to rain. Trust me. Go home and have a look at your superannuation the last two years. And take two volumes with you when you do that. You'll be shocked. Crash landing. Things are not going to get better, according to the Bible. But we don't seek a better life for better sake. I came to this country to fulfill what I believe was a call of God on my life to this place and to this destiny. Nothing else. And so I live a simple life. And my life is not complicated because I have made Jehovah Jireh the center. And when God is the center, everything else will fall into place. But it needs a change of perspective. As a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. There is famine right around us. Uh, a, a, a couple of weeks ago, people were going around saying, no eggs, no eggs, no eggs. I said, but there are still chickens. Don't focus on eggs. Too much cholesterol anyway. We focus on things and they begin to control us. And then we're going and we're going and we're trying to pull all the eggs off the healthy shop. How long can you keep eggs anyway? 
when you focus on the Lord, He will take you through the famine. And in, in Egypt, Abraham was looked after, he was given a blessing, and then God said, you're not in the right place, Abe. You got to go back to Canaan because your destiny is there, not here. Where's your destiny? That's the question only you can answer. What has God revealed for your life? Get back to your purpose, shall we? Mm -hmm.